So this is what happens when toddlers crash your podcast after dark. (laughs) (laughs) You want to say hi? I love you. Aww. I love you. Oh, I'm it. We can't really play tag. Okay. So I guess we'll put the children back to bed. Salutations and welcome to Imbibe Cinema. I'm Jonathan C. Leggett, along with my co-hosts Michael Nowens, Trisha Leggett. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be discussing uh, Michael Showalter's *The Big Sick*, which is currently available on Prime Video. Uh, while imbibing a drink called the Coma Shot, uh, which is oddly enough not a shot, um, uh, but uh, the recipe as well as some pictures can be found on our website, which is imbibecinema.com. The Imbibe Cinema Podcast is brought to you by the Blue Whiskey Independent Film Festival, otherwise known as BWIF. Our festival seeks independent character-driven films of all lengths, styles, and genres. To learn more, please visit us at WIF.com. That is, again, B-W-I-F-F dot com. So I'm not going to lie. This is honestly probably one of my favorites uh, that we've had to review already. Really? Uh, Yeah, I, I... I'd actually seen this movie before it went on our list, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I loved it then, and I was even more excited to get to watch it again. Awesome. Um, this uh, story is absolutely adorable, uh, and uh, it's even more interesting because it's true. Um, and I'm Based sure on that, true events. Based on true events. Now, I'm sure that, that some of the dialogue uh, was embellished, and again, we, we just saw a, a quick interview with, uh, uh, with Emily, uh, v. Gordon and the fact that uh, each of them kind of remembered uh, the events a little bit differently because obviously they're married. Um, but the uh, the cast and, and the ooh, crew. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just want to interrupt because that's what married people do. And uh, <laughs> tell you that um, anybody out there who is not married and is perfectly in sync with their significant other and it's like you finish each other's sentences, you know exactly the inner soul of the other being. Don't get married? No, I'm just saying. Oh. Once you get married, it's like a switch is flipped and you will never remember. You can love each other all you want. You will never remember anything the same way again. It will always be like you were at two different events. No, it was raining. It was sunny. Oh, yeah. See what I'm talking about right now? <laughs> well played. We yep. will never, ever, ever remember anything again. And well, no, you not remember the same things. Way. It's just not the same just way. Just not the same way. If you don't remember anything ever again... Yeah. That's a different conversation. Yeah, like the ice Sorry. capades. Right. Um, that's what I meant to say. So, yeah. Word right. of warning. Also, I would argue that you didn't remember things the same way beforehand. No, no, no we did. We did. We sure. did not. We did not have the. Maybe maybe we did. Or maybe we just didn't. I don't think go, you remember it quite the same way. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I also uh, thought that I was getting old, and that's why, like, drinking when you're young, you drink, and, and then you're like, oh, I'm having a fun time and have all this energy. And then when you, like, I figure, well, you get older, you drink, and you're like, God, I'm tired, just want to go to bed. And a friend of mine was like, that isn't the age, that's marriage. Oh. And, yeah. Well, I get tired when I drink, and I'm not married yet, so what does it say about me? <laughs> you're old. Happy, re- oh, happy relationship. Yes. 
If you're happy fully relationship, happy. just like yeah. marriage. Yes, if you're fully satisfied in your relation, if you feel like you're in a safe space, alcohol just makes you tired. It's true. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to have that party vibe anymore. Um, Catherine does ask me though often if I'm like if I want to go partying. Do I want to go unsing? That's that's the particular she question. She says uns. Do you want to go unsing? And I'm like, um, not really. And she's like, I don't know. You're dancing in the car, so I think you want to go unsing. Dancing in the car is completely different than unsing. I, I car I, dancing is is a time honored tradition a, in our family. It's a it's a gateway to unsing. No, <laughs> it's, it's the only way any of us look really cool dancing is in the car. Hey, hey. I said my family, not yours. Oh, oh, okay. You're safe, John. I don't know my family necessarily. I love John's got this covered. Yeah. I dance like, like no one's watching. I know. And we're all watching. <laughs> and you make sure of it, too. Yeah. That everyone's so, watching? Yes. Well, yeah. Life of the party. Um, Sorry, we interrupted you because yeah. you were talking about how much you love this movie. <laughs> And then we were just like, all right, enough of that. We want to no, no. let's run this over right. the train. But speaking of arguing over the same thing. Um, <laughs> no. She's still on the same track. So where were we? Your oh, yeah. point. My voice. <laughs> so tired. Okay, so the point is uh, I had been reading about uh, the making of this movie and how um, Yaz, uh, part of it is based on their relationship and their courtship. Uh, a lot of it is not. Uh, for instance, the subplot about her parents uh, and their relationship oh, okay. uh, it was a suggestion of uh, the producer, Judd Apatow. And uh, so it was kind of awkward for Emily to explain that to her parents who were all like, wait a minute, what now? No. Right. Hopefully no, that was fair. a conversation that happened before beforehand. Yes. Uh, and then uh, also, his I read, uh, also I had read that his family uh, never considered disowning him spoiler alert and uh they um when she was sick and he you know told his mother everything uh she was primarily concerned uh, that uh emily would be okay and everything and uh she was very sympathetic and understanding until emily was healthy and then she was like wait a minute why are you dating a white lady well okay Oh, so that so there is still a little bit of that that's real. Well, well yes, that gotcha. that's that, um, that is inherent in the culture. I think that the, the, well, the sure, ones, yeah. well, but and, sure, but yeah. not necessarily. You know, not necessarily throughout the the whole culture. There's always an exception to the rule. Oh, in, well, especially and, if they're living, nice especially if they're living here and they're embracing, you know, the American um, culture, the American culture, right. and you know, we are a giant melting pot. Yep. And, and some people. Melt more. Right. Melt, melt more. Well, and also, <laughs> some people um, melt with us. It, it wouldn't. I, I have to bring up my mother because now it is tradition. My mother would tell you that when she was growing up, that everything was neighborhooded uh, by you know background. The Italians, the Irish, the Polish. Everybody had their own thing. And uh, back then, if you like crossed the street, if you were dating outside, it, it was still kind of like what is going on that's unusual mm -hmm. and that's not that long ago and we are the melting pot so it's uh i think it's something that everybody can relate to as far as family goes maybe uh whether it's religion dating outside of uh religion that your family is uh strongly adhering to or uh the culture i think it's something that all families have tradition in a way mm -hmm. and i think that resonates I actually found it funny because I just saw an interview with Paul Rudd 
uh, who uh, was not in this movie. Was but, not in this movie. But, but it's important but we hear his thoughts. It, Wow! What? Because he was there was an edge to that shit, wasn't there? Like, <laughs> this is what this is what lack of sleep. No. Congratulations, <laughs> John. I've just derailed this for the last fifteen minutes. However, how, you have a point now about what? Paul Rudd. No. Who is I love Paul Rudd. I know, but there, there know, was an edge to that. I didn't that was, mean it. I was trying to be funny. Well, I guess I well, forced you're it. Funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I heard this thing from Paul Rudd, who is doing one of those like spicy. Uh, buffalo or spicy hot sauce uh, interviews or whatever. Oh, yeah, Which yeah. is another oh, type of podcast. Okay. Um, but specifically, apparently, he, and I, I don't necessarily know the, the full details around it, whether which parent it was, but apparently uh, one of his, his uh, parental units is British. Uh, and so he would have, like, uh, uh, scones and uh, uh, crumpets and tea like that was a, a, a ritual in his house daily and Afternoon while he tea. while he technically knew that nobody else in his neighborhood was doing the exact same thing it was just it was his tradition you know it was a, a family tradition that's why he doesn't age it's true <laughs> he's that benjamin after- buttoning it's that afternoon tea yeah he's benjamin buttoning so he's actually getting younger yeah does he look younger he's, now well, okay. than he did well, I, in actually, overnight delivery you're, you're you're right. I think I think actually he's Dorian Gray. I think I think he's got uh, a painted portrait somewhere. Um, what film are we talking about? <laughs> uh, that the the cast and crew of uh, uh, the Big Sick uh, did an amazing job of keeping uh, bringing the script to life and and really keeping uh, what what feels unbelievable uh, in a real event story. Uh, just really. Really good, yeah. Well, made very, an amazing ride. Very, very real. I mean, that was that was my feeling. Uh, well, watching it a first time and then a second time, I really, I felt like every scene, as ridiculous as it got, I I felt like we were in a very, very real moment. Yeah. One of the things that that's kind of great about life is you know when things are really sad, sometimes. You know, humor is is the the best yep. way to to cope. Yeah. And um, I know in 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 our family, uh, we have had those moments. Trisha and uh, my grandfather, when we were at his wake, there was a a particularly funny moment that happened. Well, okay. And, so a little background. Okay, Trisha's gonna. I'm just gonna, gonna go there. Down. Yeah, you, you, can, you know the story. All right. So my grandfathers, uh, they had like a. Grumpy old men relationship. Yes. Like, yeah. Walter, uh, Walter Matthau and, and Jack Lemmon. Oh yes. They they was this cute little repartee they yes, had. Absolutely. Uh, and one of their things that they would do uh, was uh, every time they got to a doorway at the same time, uh, Al would always say "Age before beauty" because he wanted to point out Bob is older than Al is, right. and he's never going to let that go. You're <laughs> older than me. I am a youngin compared to you. And uh, so, of course, Al dies first. And uh, God rest his soul. Yes. And so Grandpa <laughs> Bob is the last. He is the survivor. The older man is still around and uh, mostly deaf, but when he wants to be, basically. Selective hearing. Exactly. And uh, may we all be so lucky in our old age. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, so the uh, in the beginning... The master director, whatever, the funeral director gets up and he says, good morning. And, you know, a lot of people go to church. They kind of like respond in a solemn good morning morning. out of like protocol response. And so they do. 
And my, my mostly deaf grandfather is like, hi. It was and the highest pitch I've ever heard him. And it was, he was more so like a, chipper. Hi. Like, I'm still here. I win. <laughs> so with that, Trisha and I just uncontrollably start laughing because you know we're on we're on the verge already we're so and you know and and that that emotional like teetering that you're at on you know in those moments so uh, when that happened it just sent us to this bizarre place where we just started laughing mostly shaking right, right exactly and mostly because we're trying to not laugh to make things even worse is i think it was one of our aunts who is sitting behind us and just reaches forward and puts their hand on on our back. Because from uh, that point of view, you just see people shaking. You assume they're they're crying. Right. We're not. We're not. We're just laughing. And so it was an interesting moment because it was it was so funny and so sad at the exact same time. At the same so time, yeah. Watching this movie, it made me think about that because of the way that they go back and forth mm. with... Uh, the heavy material, the right. heavy sadness of the material well, and humor. Here's the thing. Everybody grieves differently. Uh, obviously, right. there are stages of grief. Yeah. Uh, I, and I we could get into a what? whole other discussion on how long it takes <laughs> you to get through them. But we won't. Uh, I am going to circle back and say that I had read that the director had said, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times you need humor. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing terribly, but, you know, humor to get through the, some of the darkest things. And that, mm -hmm. and if you look at any serious drama that has ever really moved you, there are moments that make you laugh because mm -hmm. it's human nature at some point to uh, just start laughing in the absurd, in, mm -hmm. in the dark. Uh, that, that can be uh, one of the worst moments of your life. So um, I think it felt so honest in that respect. Uh, and it's just, it's a beautiful, I mean, the I know they improvised quite a bit, um, and on on set they had uh, talked about that, and then also Holly Hunter did some strange stuff, <laughs> like she uh, surprise me. Uh, she moved props around because that made her feel like she was more uh, in character. Mm -hmm. uh, she also uh, made sure that uh, her daughter and her uh, the uh, Zoe who played Emily. Uh, and her both had a, the same necklace because she felt their relationship would be uh, closer like that. This is okay. not the strange stuff, I guess. It's not that strange. But uh, they did uh, evidently the heckle scene where oh, yeah. Holly Hunter heckles the heckler. The heckler, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The, the bro who... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who calls him a terrorist. Yeah. Back to ISIS. And she's like, what are you recruiting? You're an yeah. ISIS recruiter? What are you telling yeah. him to go back? <laughs> You're trying to get the numbers up? What's wrong with you? And, uh, yeah, so uh, in that, uh, evidently, that scene, which is beautiful, and you can tell here's this woman who is just stressed, and she's she's hurting, and she's angry because her baby is hurt, and there's nothing she can do, and she's going to take it out on anybody who is, you know, going to give her a reason. Sure. And you can <laughs> yeah. totally tell that's where this rage is coming from. It's coming from uh, the helplessness of, of, of fear and grief uh, of not being able to protect your baby. Mm -hmm. So at least from the the, the story standpoint, um, uh, I I I like uh, as you had mentioned, like the uh, the differences that they gave that Judd Apatow um, as a producer had kind of you know helped steer some of the direction of the stories, uh, specifically around the families. Um, but uh, I I do love 
Camille's uh, family and, and the dynamic that he has with them and, and, and everything they've got going on there um, and how he's able to have like these, these wonderful relationship conversations with his brother. Um, but at the same time, even, even he knows, you know, at some point he needs to start, you know, straighten up and fly right. Um, but he doesn't want to because he's, he's, you know, fully inundated in the American culture. Um, well, and just... it's, yeah, I mean, but if you think about it, you're always more comfortable talking to your siblings about things that you're not doing that your parents expect you to be doing. But at the, at the same time, the, 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 the last scene that we see with his, his parents uh, is he is literally leaving uh, to go to New York. He has uh, decided to go take his, his, you know, comedy to that next level and really try to break it out. And again, uh, they're upset with him for, for you know, uh, dating a white, a white girl. His father's the one who gets out of the car. His mother won't even look at him. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that, uh, that, uh, that for the time you were my son, yeah. What was, the, what was the line? It was something to the effect that, like, it was it was great to have had you as a son. You were a great son. You were, you were it's a good great to have son. You as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your your mother made this for you. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, uh, it's your favorite. It's, it's your favorite. Uh, but, but you know, she's 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 really upset. She's not going to look at you. You know. Right. It was like right. I will ne- I will like... never see you again. Yeah. It's nice to goodbye forever, Texas, when you get in, because mm-hmm. no matter how angry you They're are parents. as a parent, you're still a parent, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I think you have this great love story, is what this is. Right, it's a rom-com. It's a different kind of rom-com, but it's a rom-com. And what I loved about this is this added uh, what it is to be a parent Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. into it and and how that trumps everything. Uh, And uh, you look at uh, through Emily's parents and uh, what they're going through in their relationship and how they deal with uh, Emily's illness and how it kind of brings them together when they're not really together uh, at that point. And uh, and then you look at his family and how um, they are united-ish in, in a front. Mm-hmm. But they um, and and one of the things that I do really love is that he goes back in and he says, "I'm not I'm I'm not going to accept you kicking me out of the family mm-hmm. because this isn't the first instance in which a family member and his extended family hasn't been right. uh, kicked out yeah, for part of the story for leaving." Uh, yes. For uh, leaving uh, what is traditional, traditionally accepted in their family, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so yeah, the fact that he's like, I, I reject your rejection, and so mm-hmm. there, <laughs> it must be a unanimous vote, and I have a vote. And I think sometimes that's what uh, is needed for a family to not uh, to to not step away, and then a lot of the like like I said, a lot of the parent moments where. Uh, Holly Hunter makes these calls uh, about what she thinks is the best uh, medical care for her daughter, mm-hmm. and Ray Romano and all his notes. Yeah, about how, all the how different. How do you spell that? Oh my God, you can't spell half the words they give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how they're always looking up and always doing research, uh, and and so forth. And the fact that she makes uh, the call to move Emily, and he uh, he doesn't think it's the right thing to, for her to do, and neither does Ray Romano, and yet. You know, she when she gets called on it that it could be dangerous. Uh, Holly Hunter's response is, you know, I'm always going to be responsible. I'm we're her parents. That's what we do, no matter what. The responsibility is on us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if we make the wrong call, that's we that's we know that we live with that. That's right. what being a parent is, and it's terrifying. Uh, one of my favorite 
I guess, awkward moments was when Ray Romano and Holly Hunter's character come back to the apartment for the first time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything that happened, I thought, was so... I, I, I guess I was watching kind of going, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. What's... Where are we going with this? The, and the scene I, just keeps going. Yeah, I almost, ha- you know, I almost to a degree hope that 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 there's a, a a sign of honesty in the fact that he goes and excuses his himself real quick to hide all of her drug paraphernalia. Uh, yes. <laughs> like I'm just gonna go straighten up her room. Yeah. And even like we're watching it, and John's like, "What a good guy." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? I mean, like because that. Yeah, it's not something you, you know. You yeah. know she would have been trying to hide any bongs or anything that she had, and like he's sure that's, that's a that's a good boyfriend who's not actually a boyfriend. Boyfriend, at that point. yeah. As the viewer, you kind of at least identify with his position, and you just feel like I need to get out of this room. Like I don't want to be here right now. Oh. This is so uncomfortable. Yeah, and that he stays for any length of time is to me very impressive. Yep. Uh, and uh, but then uh, Ray Romano's like, oh, this book I gave her. This book, no, no, no I no. gave her that. Book. <laughs> no, no, I gave her the... the book. I give her things to read the inscription. Well, that doesn't prove anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they go back and forth. And then I uh, found out later that the the book in question is actually uh, the director's mother wrote that book. That's his Aww. mother's book. Aww. Yeah. I really like the, um, the, the chemistry uh, between uh, the two leads. I, I think uh, part of that, obviously, is like the dialogue is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, there are things that about Emily's character, considering she spends so much of it unconscious, right? <laughs> that you kind of fall in love with her as an audience member, mm-hmm. and like he falls in love with it. You fall in love with her because she's just adorable. And the beginning before she ends up in a coma, uh, you it's so important for the audience, I think, to connect and to just find her amazing. That mm-hmm. while she's missing, you feel that intense uh, kind of concern that everybody else is in caring yeah. for her. Uh, and uh, she she has these great moments, like where she gets under the sheet to get dressed. And it's like, yeah. we just, had, we were just, I saw you naked a minute ago, but we were in the throes of passion. It's different. That I'm not, yeah. I'm she's not. Gonna... some quirkiness to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is such a beautiful film. It really, it really is. is. We're going to take a few more minutes to uh, fill our glass with uh, the the coma shot, which which I have lovingly uh, likened to a uh, a banana runt that is an alcoholic. If you it, like sugar and liquor form, yeah, I, I think it's drink. a diabetic coma. Yep. Because <laughs> uh, I'm about to go into diabetic shock again. Uh, again, what for a second act? Oh, there! Oh, good point. Get ready to imbibe more after this. Hey there, listener. This is Michael with Imbibe Cinema and the Blue Whiskey Independent Film Festival. Did you know that Imbibe Cinema isn't just a podcast? We've also got a variety of articles and reviews available to read on our website, plus a streaming membership that gives you access to a new batch of independent films every month. Become an Imbibe Cinema member today at watch.imbibecinema.com. That's watch.imbibecinema.com. Thanks for supporting and imbibing the various content we offer. Now, back to the show. You're listening to Imbibe Cinema. I'm Jonathan C. Leggett, and I'm along here with... Michael Lewis. Trisha Leggett. 
And uh, we are discussing the big sick. Uh, enjoying this podcast? Uh, rate and or leave us a review or help our show reach that larger audience. Uh, before the break, uh, we actually did a lot of discussion on, on story. This was written uh, by Camille uh, and uh, his wife, Emily uh, V. Jordan. Uh, this is their love story, obviously, some of the and items that were changed to protect the innocent. Right, but he... Uh, his character's name is his name. Yes. And her character's name is changed is from name. Gordon to Gardner. And we've already established that uh, uh, some of what uh, the story tells us in the film didn't actually happen with them, but Correct. her illness did. John had said very beginning of the podcast mm -hmm. how, how incredible this film was and how it was one of his favorites. And mm -hmm. we'd seen it before uh, thinking to uh, put it on the podcast. And so we had to watch it again. And I kicked myself for not taking notes. I was like, oh, this is a movie I wanted to take notes during. Because there's some movies I think I want to take notes more than others. And it's uh, this, this is such, it's like one of my favorites. I mean, just such a beautiful, beautiful movie. And I'm just so lucky that I got to see it. It was so good. Mm -hmm. This film, from like an editing standpoint, is very choppy in mm -hmm. a really good way. You know, um, you don't, you almost kind of don't know when we're, we're going to cut to the next thing. Mm -hmm. We kind of jump around. There's like, there's like a feel to, to each scene, to each beat, to each, um, each character interaction. And so it's just, it's interesting the, some of the, how sometimes it'll move quite quickly through things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll hang into a scene much longer than, mm -hmm. than most, almost it's like we lean into the, the, the awkwardness. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because uh, when you're having a good time, uh, when when they're clicking in, there's uh, the romance. And when we see uh, his career moving forward, it's all fast paced because right when things are happy, when things are going well, everything kind of flies by. Yeah. And then when when something goes wrong, then it's like time stops. Yeah. Everything just and, stands still. And yeah. then the most uncomfortable thing is it's not moving forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that I didn't think about that, but that is that is awesome. Yeah, the 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 awkward moments, specifically when he is in the hospital mm -hmm. with her parents, and they know that they're not an item anymore. That that you know, and why is he still there? The the oh yeah, just the belated pauses that they can do. Well, and Holly Hunter cuts that. him. To the quick, real, oh, yeah. real fast, right off the bat. It's like I don't say, I don't, why are you here? Why are you, you hurt her? Why are you here? Go away! I will kill you, <laughs> pretty much. She's vicious. Yeah. yeah well, she's a mother, right? Yeah. She's protective. Uh huh. And I love how Ray Romano is because there's always that good cop, bad cop in a parent relationship, right? Where there's the one parent who's like, I need to see three forms of ID, and I Signed will have. I, nobody will know where the body is if you screw this up. And there's the other parent who's like, Hey. Nice to meet you. Why don't you come in? I'll have a drink. Can I get you anything? Yeah, he could. He could sit with us. You want? You want to come? Come sit. Eat your lunch with us. So great. It's a free country. You can sit wherever. Yes. Yeah. The actor who played his father, he reached out directly. Yeah, a new bum. Uh, to him to ask him to be in the film, and uh, I believe he's the only other uh, actor that is Pakistani. Everybody else is Indian that plays part of his family. Oh, okay. Okay. So fun fact. Uh, he was amazing in Silver Linings Playbook. Um, oh my God! Yeah, you look at his mm -hmm. IMDb page, and there's just too much to name. Oh yeah, 
He's he's a busy he's man. He's so funny though. Oh yeah. It's just it's almost like a it's the dry mm-hmm. delivery. He's a little bit of Bob Balaban that I think of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. It's just like oh my god, you're adorable. And you do so little to make that happen. Oh, well, yeah. He, and he plays along, too, which I think is so great. Like, the, I mean, like, the the first time we see his mother bring in a woman, you know, who just dropped by. Yeah. And he's like, I uh, bet you 10 seconds dro- the words drop by are going to happen. They all um, count down as yeah. family. Yeah, they all, like, a good 10, nine. 9, 8, yeah. and they just, like, jump into it. But immediately the dad's like, oh, yeah, sure. I, I agree. Let's see. Yeah, well, sure enough. You told me she wasn't going to have any. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, great. Yeah, I know he's always he's with the comedy. Yeah, always with the comedy. Mom, I made that one especially for you. Pass the salt. Um, <laughs> you give when your family's not speaking to you. Cue cards. Yep, that's the way to go. <laughs> you really can't go wrong with cue cards. Oh, okay. So the actress that played Emily Zoe. Yep, Zoe uh, Kazan. She evidently um, uh, at inadvertently fell asleep in a few of the coma scenes and uh, would ruin a take by waking up in the middle of the shot. Oh, that's funny. I did not know that. <laughs> so, I mean, you feel like you, there's a safe space if you get that comfortable. That sure. Well, I mean, if you're lying in a bed. And pretending you know, to be asleep. You know, on a set, there are these very long... long uh, How many takes? And you takes. could be totally into it and for the first five takes. If you're doing a new setup, I mean... You, I'm assuming, you know, being a, a, a smaller film like this, All they hours. might just stay there instead of, okay, you like know, stand you, go, you go and we'll have a stand-in. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. For lighting. So, well, you know what? I'm comfy. I'll just, <laughs> yeah. I'll just stay here. Uh, yeah, but she is she is so good in this film, and she is just fabulous. I love all the quirks. I love, It's just, uh, it's, a, it's a really nice to see... Uh, a, a rom-com with a leading lady that is quirky, that is mm-hmm. fun, and it, she just seems very genuine. It's not like she's, you know, uh, the standard of, you know, I have to look beautiful in all these shots mm-hmm. um, at all. She's real. So engaging just just watching watching her on screen right. because there's so much going on. Well, and uh, they had said, we just we watched an interview with uh, Emily. Right, uh, the Gordon, real Emily. The real Emily. The, uh, the co-writer of the script and a uh, uh, person who actually was being sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, said it was like, you know, they saw lots of actresses and uh, it was Zoe from the get-go that they knew that uh, it was going to be her. And uh, I also heard that uh, Zoe watched a lot of footage of Emily wow. before, uh, you know, on hand to kind of get the idea of the feel of the character mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, the real gal. Yeah, that's, well, that's interesting. I, I really want to encounter the first film uh, where where we have, like, you know, writer, director, producer, something say, and like, no, they were actually our last choice. Right. <laughs> they just wouldn't share like, that. No, I, see, but I want to last... hear it. No, we hated every actor, or we, we, we loved every actress before this person, None of them were, they were all busy, so no, we were just no, like, we're just no, we'll trying just to shave person. a few million off of uh, <laughs> Colin, Colin Farrell's <laughs> price tag. Yeah. Kiss, 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 bang, bang. Oh, oh, I love that movie. movie. Bear? Oh, yeah, we Arm. gotta poke yeah. the bear, my God. My God. Oh, what have we thought of? 
the thing to notice about this movie is that um, the majority, uh, uh, an overwhelming majority of the people, um, the critics that reviewed this film, uh, really liked it because it has a, it has a ninety eight percent on mm. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's just not okay. easy. Okay, very hard, and so um, very difficult to find people who didn't like this film. However, at the Sacramento News and Review, who I have mentioned, I believe, before, um, they say... Like the Chicago Reader. Yeah. Uh, they say... We have a turf war with Chicago, Chicago Reader. Reader. <laughs> Except for, you know... Oh, the my one God, that we never mentioned this movie takes place in Chicago. Yeah, we did not talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like a huge part it of the doesn't, film. No, it's it doesn't just, showcase Chicago so, at all. Just so happens to be there. You know? yeah. yeah. But I want to know which hospital is ranked 17th. <laughs> I'd be like, let's not go to that hospital. John's going to look it up. Um, So uh, Sacramento News and Review says, at 119 minutes long, it may be too much of a good thing. I have rarely been so aggravated by such a funny and heartwarming film. That's a correct How too much of a good thing? Right. I've been aggravated with... With like goodness, like right. I've been. Ag- I'm so aggravated that this movie is so, so good, good. So I hate it. Okay, here's here's another one from the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. The big sick suffers from an excess of pleasantness, and this very pleasantness thins out its substance, blands out its tone, weakens its comedy. Okay, I'm going to use the rule of threes on this one. It's going to be so good. I just love how all of these. Critics have been more like, I'm upset with how good it was. Like, I can't even say that it was bad because it was so good. Okay, uh, so this last one is from the National Review. There are some sweet early scenes establishing the characters' rapport, but Gordon and Nanjani are so enamored of the stand-up comedy world that it takes nearly 40 minutes for an actual conflict to be brought up. Uh, they... You have to establish and actually make any sort of un- like relationship and 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 put that on the line. And the relationship is is already conflicted in the conflicted. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's so many things going on that are conflicting in the beginning. You see early on uh, the the problems that um, are inevitably wrong with this with his family life. Yeah. Um, the fact that the two of them don't want to be in a relationship together. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, the two-day rule. They don't want to be in a relationship, not necessarily in a relationship together. That clearly is the pr- the the issue. They want to be in a relationship together, but they don't want to be in a relationship. Splice Personality says, This isn't a bad movie, per se, but it is an extremely frustrating one that left me longing for the days when rom-coms weren't structured like The Return of the King. Wow. <laughs> How many endings did this person find? There was not nearly enough running. Like, was a lot the more comparison? Plot. I don't understand. There, there wasn't 15 endings. And I love Return of the King, so this person could go suck on that. But nobody's <laughs> finger got bit off. <laughs> um, nobody, this... nobody fell into a giant volcano. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we greatly appreciate all of our listeners for choosing this podcast, uh, despite our drunken ramblings, and uh, especially for supporting independent films. So uh, keep an ear out for our next episode, and to uh, check out our show notes or to just drop us a note, please visit us at imbibecinema.com. 
Once again, I'm Jonathan C. Leggett, and thanks for imbibing with us. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>